This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Rudy Giuliani. Well, hello, this is Rudy Giuliani and welcome to the Rudy Giuliani show and on Memorial Day. I don't know um, where you're listening from and what you're doing, and I hope you're remembering the day as it should be remembered, and I hope you're enjoying it also because it should be both. It should be a remembrance of those who died uh, to give us freedom, but then, of course, we should exercise that freedom. They didn't die for us to be miserable, unhappy, and uh, gloomy, right? They died for us to have a fulfilled life to be a more perfect union. And again, I think over the years now, you know, we've become somewhat sloppy and this is thought of as a uh, day for all veterans. Well, that's, that's in November. This is a day for those who died in the line of duty. And I see that, um, uh, George Gascon, the uh, prosecutor in, um, Los Angeles, who's being recalled or is in the process of an attempt to recall him because he lets all the criminals go free, made made that mistake. And he was uh, very, very much taken to task by uh, Republican Republican congressman, which is fine. But of all the things that Gascon does, that one, you know, a lot of people, I think, have become a little bit sloppy with what this is for, and the stricter we can be and the more disciplined, I think, the more significance this has. This is for the people who keep this republic alive. And as our founding fathers told us, that even having you know secured it, it's one generation away. You've got to keep securing it. I don't don't think there were any that thought it was over in terms of uh, people who would try to overthrow us, attempted tyranny. They even uh, anticipated tyranny from within. So freedom is a beautiful thing to have. The rights that we have in our Constitution are uh, extraordinary. No human beings have had so many rights and uh, there's been, never been a country like ours ever in the history of the world. So that creates a lot of jealousies, a lot of problems, and it always will. And then we need men and women prepared to defend us and prepared to defend us and pay the ultimate price. And the people who have are being honored today. So let's do a little on the history of Memorial Day. It began after the Civil War, and it was called Decoration Day because it began as decorating the graves uh, sites of the Civil War dead. Uh, They would go, the people in the town would go and bring flowers and put them on the graves of the Civil War dead. Now, it's hard to say exactly where it began because it it has a lot of um, claimants for for origin. 
But it was certainly true that by the late uh, 1860s, in various towns and cities, there were uh, tributes that were being held for the fallen soldiers of the Civil War. And, and they, would, they would put flowers on their graves and they recite prayers. And, um, and then one of the earliest was actually organized by a group of formerly enslaved people in Charleston, South Carolina, less than a month after the Confederacy surrendered in 1865. But for some reason, uh, it is recognized officially that, uh, and this was done in 1966, that would be during the Johnson administration, that the uh, uh, federal government declared Waterloo, New York, as the official birthplace of Memorial Day. And they first celebrated it on May 5th, 1866. So that's pretty darn early, right? <laughs> 1866. And um, they hosted a very large event, a community-wide event, uh, in which uh, the, the residents had various uh, ceremonies. And then that would uh, culminate in going to the grave sites and decorating them with flowers and, 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 and flags. And it, beca- it became sort of the quintessential American um, Decoration Day. As time went by, uh, by, by uh, May 5, 1868, General J- John A. Long called for a nationwide day of remembrance. And um, they used the, the date of the 30th of May. Stayed that way for a long time. Stayed that way for a very long time. And then after the Second World War, there was a need to remember the dead of the Second World War, and it was expanded to including those who died from all wars. It acquired the name Memorial Day but uh, didn't become an official holiday until, um, I guess it was 1971. May, May 30th originally been the day. Then it was the first, the first Monday in May. And that's the history of it. More important than the history of it is take a little time, whether you have personal connection to this, meaning lo- having lost a loved one, you probably have someone in your family that you've lost or someone that you know, Remember them. Remember them and remember the deeper meaning of life and the deeper meaning of democracy, which uh, is under severe attack right now in, in our country. Uh, and our military is being reconceived in a way that could be extremely dangerous to us. So this is a Memorial Day, I think, where a lot, a lot of thought can be given to how do we keep our military – strong and willing to uh, willing to and being enormously capable at fi- at fighting i mean we are training we're training men and women so let's be real about it now not silly liberals we're training men and women to kill if necessary for the defense of our nation we're training warriors not uh, woke guitar players who want to sing uh, Kumbaya and have peace with Putin and Xi or um, some of the Islamic terrorists that would like to chop their head off or take their fingers off or take away their religion or their children or their wives want to destroy their civilization, their way of life. 
And they have no hesitation, not just killing, but mutilating and doing what the savages are doing in Ukraine right now. That's the world we live in. We don't live in the world of dreams that uh, posited by the left-wingers and, and uh, the Wall Street Journal. No, that's not the Wall Street Journal. Please, I didn't mean that. <laughs> the New York Times, the Washington Post. We live in a real world where we're surrounded by people that want to kill us. We also uh, have that problem because uh, although many of our left-wing Americans don't realize it, who criticize our country so much, particularly like President Biden, who calls us racist, in fact, he goes further than that. He calls us systemic racist, which means we're almost all racist. How he can like us is extraordinary, except it could be a function of his not putting the two thoughts together because his brain is deteriorating. But you can't love a country that's systemically racist. But we're not systemically racist. We fought a war to end slavery. We fought an even bigger battle to make sure that those rights were guaranteed, but they were eventually. Black people played the major role and were the major victim in that situation. But there were many, many heroic white people that fought that battle as abolitionists, as President Abraham Lincoln, and then as, well, the hundreds of thousands that put their lives down in order to end slavery. And then many who fought the Civil Rights Bill in the 1960s, which is the real breakthrough, would not have passed the Congress without the vote of Republicans because the Democratic Party then had a very uh, significant segment that was segregationist, Ku Klux Klan, um, those are the ones who Biden just the other day said he misses. You can't make this up. You can't. You can't make this up. Biden misses him. I I, I attribute that to his illness, not to any kind of logical thinking. That's you know the, the four or five missing brain cells that would remind him that these people were virulent uh, racists. Um, or is it possible that Biden is himself a racist when he says things like? I won't send my children into the jungle or if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Or, I mean, I can't tell. I can't tell. It's not a healthy relationship. So on this, on this Memorial Day, we're going to remember and we're going to focus very, very carefully on the people who we lost. Pray for them. And try to use that to give us the strength to do what they did. Not to necessarily mean give up your life, but participate. Don't sit by. So we'll be right back. Rudy Giuliani. The Rudy Giuliani Show. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani back again with the Rudy Giuliani Show. I hope that you are uh, celebrating your Memorial Day uh, in, in a full way, meaning solemnly remembering the loss of life of those who made freedom possible for us. That has to be remembered forever so that we create that, um, we create that principle, that value, that, that, that big portion of courage that's necessary in Americans if we're, if we're going to save ourselves. I mean, we're, we are the greatest country on earth. Those people who are attacking us now, you know, almost uh, almost daily, 
and it's a big segment of the Democrat Party, a big segment, and the other segment doesn't defend us. I mean, Black Lives Matter tears us down all the time. Uh, the president says we're systemically racist, and other people say we're other things. And and, and there are Democrats who don't agree with that, but they, they never speak up. So this gives young people the sense this may not be such a great country. What I would ask them to do is read the newspaper and or maybe go down to the border and see how many people are coming into the United States. Then find me another country that has that. Because if you can find another country that has that, then there's another country that's uh, at least more attractive to people than the United States. There's nobody even close. There's no country even close. So this is what I mean about these left-wingers not being realistic. They want to concentrate on the things we did wrong. Exaggerate them. Take them out of context and not put them in the context of a country that had the unusual ability built in by its founders to create a more perfect union, to learn from its mistakes. Sometimes did it take too long to learn from its mistakes? You're damn right it took too long to learn from its mistakes, particularly about uh, 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 slavery, but other things as well, but slavery in particular. But to its credit now, did it learn? Yes. It went through a massive war in which white people and black people died fighting for freedom. It went through a civil rights movement led by Dr. Martin Luther King, never would have succeeded if there weren't very many brave white people who joined him. And then finally, uh, something that Democrats love to ignore, the Civil Rights Bill only passed the Senate because of the Democrats, because of the Republicans. The Democrats didn't have the votes because they had too many racist segregationists in their party. Uh, Joe Biden's old friends that he now talks about missing. He just did it the other day. So this is this is a um, this is a great country, and we we have got to we've we've got to be able to relate to it that way, and still be able to say we have to improve ourselves. We're not we're not saying that um, we're a perfect country or everything we do is right or we we're constantly going to have to improve. We're just saying we're yes, this is hard. I know, and you have to say this in the right way. We're better than anybody else, proven by the fact that. People don't, don't want to go anyplace else but here. You find me a place that is as attractive as this place, and then I will tell you we have a rival in terms of being the greatest place on earth to live. We do have rivals for power, and we have vicious, barbaric rivals for power, which is what I, how I would describe China and Russia. China still uh, lives with the um, policy of genocide. I mean, they're, they're, they're intent on removing and ending the Uyghur people, the Falun Gong. Uh, they're not too much friendly to Christians. Uh, other Muslims, other than, other than the Falun Gong, not, not uh, beyond uh, capability of the Chinese to wipe out a million people. I mean, remember they were killing girl babies just a short while ago, so they're not still doing it. So this is, this is a country that has no regard for human life. I thought one of the dumbest things that Fauci ever said was he didn't think that the Chinese scientists would be developing something like this and spreading it around because it could kill Chinese. You know, the best news you could give Xi is we just lost a million Chinese. He'd say, wow, the poor, I hope it was the poor ones. 
these people, uh, uh, through communism, God goes out, the Ten Commandments go out, morality goes out, and it becomes just utilitarian, and life means nothing other than something that can help me right now. That guy can help me right now. And if he can't, I'll get somebody else. So that's what, we're, that's what we are undergoing today. Now, this administration that we're um, dealing with is taking us on an express train exactly to where, uh, way back in the mid-18th century, Karl Marx set the goal to becoming a one-world socialist world. This is the Soros vision. This is the John Kerry vision. I would not say this is the uh, Joseph Biden vision because we all know he doesn't have the mental capacity to develop such a thing any longer. Uh, It is the Obama vision, the Hillary Clinton vision, the vision of a large portion of the Democrat Party. And those who, who don't share it, who are Democrats, either have to leave the party, as some have done, many have done, or they've got to keep your mouth shut and just go along with it and hope it goes away, which is what a lot of them do. But right now it's doing tremendous damage to our country. And we have to address that in 2022 in the congressional elections that are coming up. And then again in 24 in the presidential elections. At the ballot box, when I say we're going to fight like hell, I do not mean violently. I mean politically, legally. First fight that's coming up that we're going to spend a lot of time on in the next couple of weeks, I am, because I'm starting what is known as a rhino hotline. Rhino hotline is going to pick out the 10 or 11 worst rhinos and those who are giving them support. Some of them, let me me just be clear, some of those 10 or 11, having seen the handwriting on the wall, have dropped out. So I I have to look and see how many do we have left. I know three have dropped. I think everyone in New York but Gabarino dropped out, I think. But we'll check that. And, of course, the chief on the list, number one on the list, is that uh, extraordinary uh, traitor to her party, uh, Cheney, who because of her uh, pathological hatred of Trump, um, I don't know. So here there are a lot of ways to define rhinos, but there are two current ones that I think get me angrier than uh, anything else because these two things affect us the most. One is voting for the January 6th committee. Having watched the Democrats uh, from the time they first got Russian uh, Russian information, bought bought it, you know, bought the Russian information and began to frame Trump for Russian collusion that now we now know didn't exist at all. It was created, paid for, and created by Hillary Clinton. And uh, at this point, we we're, we've actually whatever happened in the Sussman trial, we're at the point where we know she developed it, paid for it, knew it was false, and put it out to the press. Now, I've known that for five years. (laughs) I know that the Clintons are probably one of the crookedest uh, uh, two people in the White House in its history. Going back to being small-time grifter shakedown artist when he was was governor, then selling selling the Lincoln – imagine selling the Lincoln bedroom. I don't know if you ever saw it. I once did an imitation of Lincoln. 
uh, being annoyed they're having sold his bedroom. Maybe I'll put it on sometime. I don't know. I think it was – I thought it was good. But I get very sensitive about my acting performances because I try so hard and I've never gotten an Academy Award, ever. Could you imagine they're giving me an Academy Award? Like me? I'm, they probably think I'm like a Nazi or something. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love that ultra MAGA. Like, it's bad. Biden, it's like, I don't know. I was a, I was a little boy in Brooklyn from, from zero to seven. Um, and, you know, it used to be a lot of fighting. And people make fun of like, used to make fun of me for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And uh, I, so I ended up not, have, not having had the problem of being a bully because my father taught me how to box. And nobody else knew how to box. So I had a great advantage. <laughs> I used to win every fight. First time somebody hit me back, I was really surprised. Jeez, this isn't so much fun. <laughs> but I used to get the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer thing. Now, I represented a, a young woman who was in school, and they almost, uh, I mean, they drove her out of the school because she carried a Trump poster in Washington, D.C. They do that in New York. I mean, it's, it's really sad that we're doing this. Well, we come back, we'll talk about specifically the elections, the primary elections coming up. The Rudy Giuliani Show. Welcome back to the Rudy Giuliani Show on this Memorial Day. And again, our thoughts and our prayers go to those who have lost their lives, preserving the freedom that we have and the families that have had to suffer the loss of, 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 of these heroes and the recognition that to preserve our freedom, we need people like this. And that's why we have to honor them and help take care of their families and make sure that, that we fill in because they saved us. So we were talking about uh, where, you know, where we stand right, right now. And uh, the first election that I'm going to for, uh, fo- focus on, because I'm going to, there's a lot of ways you could define rhino. I mean, but and, and there are a lot of ways in which uh, it, sometimes it's done unfairly. Look, you're not going to agree with your political party on everything. There are going to be times when you vary from your party's position. My boss, Ronald Reagan, used to say, my 80 percent uh, friend is not my 20 percent enemy, which means you can make compromises and deals. And, and uh, a lot of things could be attributed to a lot of people that we could use that uh, where I think they probably are, but I can't prove it to you the way I should. But I think there's something that, that there's one standard, what I'll use. Other people use other, other standards. Uh, you know, they might look at it differently. The, the president uh, would be the most important, President Trump. Uh, but here's what I think, and I, and I could see in his reaction to these two things. I think we're on the right track here. It's the, those that voted for those Republicans who broke with the Republican Party and voted for the January 6th committee, and then those who voted for the what ultimately turned out to be trillion-dollar-plus wasted money in the infrastructure bill, which was not an infrastructure bill, which nobody read, even to the extent it's infrastructure, it's human infrastructure. It's really funding Democrat friends the way they always do. I'm going to give you an example later so you'll understand it, but I think you'd agree that both of those votes were catastrophic for our country. 
The January 6th vote was catastrophic for our country because it allowed the Democrats to continue to play their game that they started before President Trump was even elected, and that is to frame him. And they started with a paid-for false charge of Russian collusion. And the FBI pretty quickly decided it was false. The CIA decided it was false, and they went with it for three more years despite that. Then they moved off into improper conversation with, uh, with, uh, um, with the president of Ukraine, Zelensky. But that conversation uh, wasn't improper. They tried to make it that by lying. Schiff lied like crazy about that, just like he lied about having witnesses to Russian collusion, which the FBI and CIA say there is no evidence of. And he's never produced or been asked to produce such a witness because uh, uh, Democrats and particularly lying left wing Democrats are just allowed to do that without any without any accountability. But presumably he's got two people that could contradict and prove that there was Russian collusion, even though an FBI and CIA that was certainly very anti Trump have concluded that there was no such witness. Now, How can this guy be sitting on the January 6th committee? How can Thompson, who's running it, be sitting there when he's already judged the case? He's already decided it was an insurrection and these people are traitors and <laughs> they've and they've all decided. Cheney? Cheney's <laughs> Cheney's ready to execute. They don't have an open mind about this. They're not investigating this. They're trying to make political points, which is why the Democratic National Committee should pay for this, not it's not even an authorized committee of Congress to have an authorized subpoena. The chairman of the committee has to consult with the ranking minority. There is no ranking minority. McCarthy, the minority leader, recommended, I think, four Republicans. They were all rejected. And then uh, Cheney and uh, Kissinger, um, nice little, nice little uh, disloyal uh, Republicans that they are, they volunteered uh, to uh, kind of work off the hatred of Trump. And uh, which uh, turns out to be also their disdain for their Republican colleagues. But they have no authorization to represent the Republican Party there. They're on their own. The Republican Party put up the people they wanted. They were turned down. Now, this is important for subpoenas because the chairman can only get a subpoena if he consults with the ranking minority. There is no ranking minority. Therefore, every subpoena that was been given out, in order to harass people, to interfere with their attorney-client privilege, to interfere with their personal life. Constitution be damned as far as they're concerned. This is what these Republicans voted for. And they had to know they were voting for it because this is what the Democrats have been doing for four years. If you couldn't see this as a continuation of – first, we're going to stop Trump from getting into office by lying, cheating, and spending money with steel and everybody else to frame him. Then if we don't succeed at that, we're going to take that. We're going to try to impeach him on the same thing. And then if that doesn't work, we're going to get our whistleblower to come up with a phony uh, conversation that didn't take place. Even though the transcript shows that that conversation didn't take place, we're going to act as if it did. And we're going to impeach him on that. And meanwhile, we're going to hold back the hard drive, the FBI. We're going to cover it up, even though we have it, that proves that everything that Trump is saying is correct. Well, you don't think that these people are not, are, are not going to look for something afterwards that they could disqualify them for good with this commission, which has acted like it exists in East Berlin. 
It's a uh, lack of respect for the attorney-client privilege uh, can only be uh, attributed to the fact that they didn't go to American law schools and have no regard for the Constitution of the United States. But who are the Republicans that made this committee possible? Well, we got two of them that we're going to focus on on the Rhino Alert this week. So we might as well talk about them right now since we have a little time. One of them is Chris Smith, who's been representing uh, uh, New Jersey in the Congress as a, you know, half-hearted Republican for about 95 years. I think it's 38 or something. But, I mean, he's been there a long, long time. Uh, Time to put in some fresh blood. But this is a double rhino. This is a guy that voted to give us the January 6th committee, but also to drive our country into inflation by giving uh, Biden the necessary Republican votes he needed to pass it because he didn't have these votes. He didn't have, just like we passed the civil rights bill. We passed the trillion dollar waste of money because he didn't have these votes. And Chris Smith and Andrew Garbarino who are within shouting distance of where we are, uh, voted for both. Chris Smith, a veteran, who has a long history of votes like this, tr- as traded to his party and the principles of his, of his party. And Gabarino was, a, was a, uh, obviously a snotty uh, rookie. It's the first thing he did when he came into Congress. He voted f- for a Democrat hit job committee. Then, just in case you, you know, that was a mistake, then he voted for the big trillion-dollar giveaway, which is one of the reasons that everything costs you 8% more now. You can thank Garbarino and his Republican traders for doing that. Now, there were only 11 Republicans that voted on both of those. Mary Cheney, of course, did, right? Even I don't think Kissinger voted on both of those. I think he voted on the second one. So Smith and uh, Gabarino are in that category. They are, you know, they say ultra MAGA, They're ultra rhino. One vote would make you a rhino. Two makes you an ultra rhino. And then those who are supporting them within their party structure are clearly ultra rhino. Because they want to have Republican votes like this. They can't be reliable. Because it fits their agenda of smooth-talking the people, moving a little to the middle, moving a little to the left. You know, you go in the Republican primary and you're right-wing, and then you go a little to the middle. All that deteriorates your character, and you forget what you believe in. That's why, that's why Zeldin, for example, was for Trump, then against Trump. No, for Trump, then against Trump recently. But he originally was against Trump. When he uh, when he uh, when he was in the legislature, saying that Cuomo would make a good president. When he was in the Albany swamp, voting voting uh, with the Democrats. When he uh, when he was bullied, and you can listen to that tape sometime. When he was bullied into uh, agreeing that Trump is a racist, that would be the against Trump. Then the. Uh, the impeachment starts, and he offers to be a manager and, and argue, and he did, and he was for Trump during that period. Of course, his district was for Trump, too, also, during that district. 
But as soon as it was over, uh, he joined the chairman of the Republican Party in agreeing that here's how we're going to choose the governor in New York. See how good this is for a political party's development as a great, young, vital political party. Uh, Zeldin decides, I'm going to run, but only if you get rid of all, all the other Republicans. In other words, I don't want to be elected in a primary. I want to be crowned. Wipe everybody off the field. The Republican chairman decided that was the best way to win. I think that was a very unwise, I think it was a very unwise uh, decision because I think the only way you can really energize this party is to give them a good primary. But in any event, they decided that the other candidates who wanted to run, all of whom had a a, a following uh, when polls were taken, they were just shut out. They had to go and petition to get on the ballot, and he challenged every one of them, including in one case with thousands of false statements. He asserted that one of the witnesses was not a Republican, and therefore 3,000 signatures were invalid and fraudulent. Well, all you had to do is go check, and the guy was a Republican. The Board of Elections checked. And he ultimately, and where where challenged, he only he only won four out of twenty five thousand three hundred and six because he had filled his papers with so many lies. And then he supported Gabarino. He is a big, enthusiastic supporter of a guy who brought us the January sixth committee and helped to give us inflation. Because that allows him to play both sides. Okay. You know why this country or a state like New York is in in the shape that it's in? Because the democratic principles for this uh, city and state are horrendous. They mean destruction, like on crime, like no bail, like be good to the criminals. Uh, Don't enforce the gun control laws. And And the Republicans... Just go along to get along to get the crumbs. Sometimes it's, it's uh, based on money corruption, and sometimes it's based on just political corruption, corruption of your ideas. We don't have room for that anymore. We need a strong party. We need a party that knows what it believes in. We need a party, if we're going to win this country back and we're going to save our way of life, we have to agree on certain principles. And I think the America First movement agrees on certain principles. America first understands that the Democratic Party wants to, wants to destroy us, and we're not going to go along and put together a committee that can torture the president and the people around him, destroy their constitutional rights, and carry it on for political purposes because they're so afraid he's going to run again. If you couldn't figure that out, you're too stupid to be in Congress. And if you endorse somebody like that, all that it shows me is you like playing both sides. And as a governor, boy, in this state, you want to play both sides? You accomplish zero. I know what it's like to be an executive in this state. And I was probably one of the most effective executives in this state because I got my agenda done. But not because I was playing both sides. Because I was a leader like Trump, like Ronald Reagan. Well, that's, that's what Andrew was like. He's not, he, he didn't refuse to mention uh, uh, Trump's name the way Zeldin was told by the chairman of the party 
We want to keep Trump out of the election. We don't want him around here. He can hurt us. Don't mention his name. Zeldin said, yes, sir. That's a follower, not a leader. We will be back very shortly with the concluded portion. But that distinction is enormously important in all the elections around this country. We need leaders now to save this country. We'll be back right after this break. The Rudy Giuliani Show. And now it's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Mayor's final thoughts. So let's finish our thought on what we're going to do about getting this party uh, in shape for doing battle. Political battle. Battle under the law. I've got to keep saying that because you know what these bums do. We've got to be together. We can't have people going off and voting for uh, committees that want to destroy us and are destroying us. We can't have people going off voting for massive inflationary bills. We, we lose all integrity when we allow that. And that's been the problem with the party. I mean, look what Ryan did to us. Ryan, who uh, was very, very close to Zeldin. And we can't have people uh, who play both sides, so they who go ahead and endorse people like this. And then, you know, at one point say that uh, Trump is terrific, another point say he's a racist. We've got to have people of principle. We've got to have people that are tough. We've got to have people that aren't rolled. We've got to have people that don't want to play two sides against the middle because there's no room for that anymore. We tried that, and look what's happened to us. We've got to save our country. You've got to save our way of life. You need tough people for that. Well, you, you got them. Mike Crispy is a true out-and-out American patriot. Uh, President Trump asked for someone to step up and run against Chris Smith and take him out so that we could have a united party and have the support we need. Well, Mike Crispy has stepped up, and he's doing a great job. And Robert Cornicelli, same thing against Gabarino. Robert Cornicelli is a veteran. Robert Cornicelli has devoted his life to helping veterans. He's a... He's a man who understands this is about public service, not about, you know, say one, I'm for him or I'm against him, and then I'm against him when I'm for him, and then I'm against him again, and, I'm gonna, and then we'll figure out who to endorse so that we can balance it so I can go to the middle, and, and we won't mention Trump uh, so that I can fool people into thinking I'm really not a Republican. Can't do it anymore like that. That's, got, that's what's got us into the problem we're in now, a bunch of phony politicians. Look, you could just as easily substitute for rhino phony politician. Well, you got three of them here that time to take them out. Smith, Gabarino, who in his district, I should say, is being called Gabarino, of course, and uh, his close pal, endorser and friend, uh, Lee Zeldin. That would be uh, three very, very good improvements for our party in terms of getting us on an agenda that has us really strong on America first, reverses the socialism that's been built into our government by Biden and helps around the country because there are races like this all around the country. I'll focus on the ones that are more here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do rhino alerts on a number of different ones because I think during the primary, this is the main thing we have to get done. We've got to get our party in fighting shape for the, um, for the main event, which is taking back United States House of Representatives, United States Senate, which is all we can do now. But at least we can slow down 
this president who's ruining us. We can slow down the damage, maybe, maybe even fix a little of it and get ourselves ready for a great American president, a Republican in 2024, who's going to have a lot of rebuilding to do, but he's going to have an awful lot of people with a lot of enthusiasm for doing it. I'll tell you that. Whew. Well, I hope you're enjoying Memorial Day. You know, there's great parades, great parades. Uh, you might still have time to catch a little bit of the Little Neck Parade if you live near there. Right, you know, right on the border of Nassau. And uh, I think it may have, if I recall correctly, the Little Neck Parade, which I march in, um, I think it starts in Nassau County and it comes into uh, Queens and then it ends at the Catholic Church. And then there are always wonderful, <laughs> wonderful speeches <laughs> by all the politicians. I guess I have to say that. Well, the parade's great. Politicians, I mean, those, those are nice speeches to listen to. You know, they say the things that the kids should believe about America being great. You know, a lot of these politicians criticize America a lot. So it's nice to hear them say some nice things about it. Unfortunately, our city is not getting any better. I wish it was. I wish it was. But we've, I mean, we had a tough, we've got a lot of difficult things going on. I mean, we've got, we've got a, a two, two stabbings right in a row. One died, uh, one didn't, another, sub, another subway crime. Uh, people ba- basically have just given up on the subway. People are leaving the city and the state in record numbers. And the reality is Adams is just not so – you've got you, you to look at Adams and then you have to realize what you, you can't vote for. You can't vote for a guy who talks out of both sides of his mouth because um, – I mean, I have a lot of stuff here from letters to the editor to uh, columns. Like, how much more time, Adams, do you need? I mean, people are dying while you're doing this. You haven't done anything to reduce crime. Crime's up. More than de Blasio. We got to do it. And that now, now we look at this Buffalo situation, and we see that all these phonies talking for more gun control, they don't enforce the gun control laws that exist. What is Hochul doing about making sure that we enforce the laws that we that we have? Keep focused. Come back with us tomorrow. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day tonight. Special prayer for those who gave their lives so that you and I could have this conversation today and talk about reforming our country and have the excitement of this movement, this MAGA movement, which is the best thing that happened in this country. Look at what it did for this country a few years ago. Look what it did for minorities in this country. And look what demented Biden and his socialists and communists are doing in this country right now. And if you think what we got now is better than we had, what we had before, <laughs> you're welcome to it. You're surely going to be in a minority. And I would question whether, you, whether you've been brainwashed. I really do. Well, again, a solemn thought. Thank you to those men and women who gave up their lives for us, to their families who had to bear the burden, to Tunnels and Towers as one organization that helps them all the time, as does many, as do many others, but we're very close to them. And again, as always, wake up tomorrow morning, particularly the day after Memorial Day, and say, thank God I am an American. Talk to you tomorrow.